Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Changing the Lost Vanity. Vanity is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game set in southern Florida during the year 1993. Father Katrina, played by Tillman, Raymond, played by Chris, Isabel, played by Andrew, Frank, played by Slavic, and Adam as the storyteller as they uncover the mysteries of the true fae and forge new paths for themselves in a world of beauty and madness. Follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM for channel updates, and we hope you enjoy this episode. You're in the car with Norma, and she's driving you back to her house. And you guys finally get to this duplex on like a kind of downtownish area, not totally suburban, it's like a just like a two person two family like duplex house and she parks her car in the driveway and goes up the stairs and you know puts her key into the left door and unlocks it and just kind of like opens it up and, and lets you go inside first yeah go ahead and walk inside is there like an automatic light do i see anything the lights are off when you when you first walk in and you don't really see like where to turn it on and she kind of like comes in right behind you and just like hits a wall switch and the room is illuminated and you kind of see that this is a living room kitchen like like it's like just a living room kitchen like there's no wall in between or anything like that right. and this kind of like it's it's a almost like a loft setup where it's like basically one room downstairs and then there's like a upstairs which is probably just like another big room or something you're not really sure like what the actual layout is from just looking at downstairs but you see this is like her living room kitchen everything is very tidy um there's no dishes in the sink or anything like that her decor is super plain just super (laughs) plain just like basic essentials everything in a way you feel like it, it fits her her personality. She's she's a, a bookworm, a meek lady. She's she's quiet and polite. She lives modestly in this house with not a lot of like crazy things or anything like that. And she's like, "All right, why don't you have a seat? I'm going to uh I'm going to go get the first aid kit and try to try to clean up some of these cuts you have." And she just points to the couch for you to, for you to sit down. Right. Maybe I can just take a shower. What do you think? The bathroom is right over there. And she just points to like the end of the kitchen and you see like this doorway that's open and there's, you know, there's no light coming from the other side, but you can see like a tile floor and and that's the bathroom. So I walk in there, uh, look for a towel, maybe if if there's a fresh towel or not, and maybe ask her if I can have one. Oh yeah, just just grab any towel. I I washed them today. They're they're both clean. And she she's like calling in from the kitchen. Are you hungry? I can make you something. Yeah, maybe some toast. All right. You just like you just hear her in the kitchen. This bathroom is like is nice. Like and you <laughs> you feel nice in there. You you feel safe and and comfortable. And this is like somebody's super clean, nice house. It's like showering in a hotel, it almost feels like. It's, it's kind of luxurious that she has these clean towels and this clean bathroom. And this is just like, to you, it's like nice, you know? And she has this big, big giant vanity mirror in the bathroom. And you see like all the light bulbs around it and stuff like that. Stuff around her sink, like a little cup with her toothbrush and maybe like a pair of tweezers and just like little things and and it, it makes it feel very homey, very human, very normal. 
it's comforting. Katrina will take a moment to like uh, check all her cuts and bruises and whatnot. Um, you know, just check things up, maybe trim some fingernails or all of them because two or three broke off or something like that. Can you give me a give me an intelligence plus medicine roll? I don't think I can roll that. It's a chance die because I have intelligence two and no medicine, which means it's minus three. Okay, yeah, it's not a big deal anyways. Um, you, like, looking at yourself, like, you have these, like, cuts on you, and you touch one of them and it stings. But looking at it, and it's torn through your clothes in, in a way, too, and you just see, like, this red line gash. And if you rub it, like, a little bit of blood comes out onto your finger, but it doesn't look very deep. It doesn't look like you need stitches. And, like, you, like, that's what you gather, you know, just from, like, just, like, you're a person, like, you know, like enough about like your own body like looking at that you don't think you need stitches or anything crazy yeah she probably goes by feeling she doesn't really know about uh infection risk or something like that but and she's just wise, a, it's not she's, like crazy you know yeah exactly so she's just gonna clean herself up like take a shower um wash away all the dirt and whatnot and well, try to not get everything too messy with uh, blood stains um, when she uh, dries herself off with the towel. So you're showering, and and you know you feel really nice as you're like washing your hair, and like she has great soaps, and everything smells amazing, and you feel like really good, and you're you're looking at the the bottom of the tub, and you're seeing all this dirt, and you know little occasional drops of of red blood, just kind of like washing off of you into the drain and it's it's nice to to feel cleansed like that and to to see that come off of you and stuff it feels good in a way and you get out and you dry yourself off and groom yourself and do whatever you want to do and norma doesn't doesn't bother you doesn't rush you or anything like that and you come out of the bathroom with whatever like drying your hair or doing whatever and she has this plate um right on the table with two pieces of well-toasted toast with like just like a smear of butter on top. And she's like, set it up on the, on the table. Nice. She's put this big glass of water next to it. And she's just like looking at you warmly when you come out of the bathroom. Thank you, Norma. I already feel much better, but I don't know. Some of these cuts, they don't look too bad, but. Well, uh, I have a first aid kit. We'll better clean them, you know, just to just make sure you don't get any kind of infection. Here, why don't you eat your toast and then sit down on the couch there. I'll put some TV on. I'll, I'll clean you up. We'll just have a, we'll have a nice girl's night. And she just like chuckles at you and gives you like a little smile. She's like, I'm going to make a coffee for myself. Do you want anything? Uh, no coffee, no. Just a glass of water for me. And she leaves you to, uh, to snack on the toast or whatever. And when it looks like you've, you've, you're done, she, she takes the plate out of your way. And she's like, all right, sit right here. And I want you to put this leg up on this cushion. And she just like sits you down and she, she takes uh, one of your legs that has a, a big like gash, you know, right near your knee, not a big gash, but just a, a bleeding scratch. And she takes a, an, a cloth and she puts some alcohol on it and she starts to, starts to wipe down your cuts and it, it burns, it stings. But you know, when you wince, she says like, they're there now. This will just be done in a second. I think Katrina would uh, hold on to a, pillow maybe and like dig her fingers into it 
like ease the pain in a way. It hurts a little bit, doesn't it? Don't worry, it'll be over in just a second. Here, I'll put some TV on to take your mind off things. And you just see she reaches over and grabs this chunky remote and just uh, hits the power power button on the on the TV. And you just hear like this news program kind of playing in the background, and she's she's rubbing the rubbing the cloth over your over your wounds, over your arm and your shoulder, and just kind of like you know, and it it hurts, and it's but you're watching the TV to kind of distract you, and you you hear the newscaster. Breaking news tonight, a religious group has been arrested in what appears to be a child abduction conspiracy. An FBI raid conducted in the early morning hours of this Wednesday has unveiled a horrific discovery. Blueprints, plans for abductions, even what police are now calling a homemade dungeon. Experts say the group was also infatuated with missing youngster Justin Mason. As those of you who have been following this case know, 11-year-old Justin Mason found his way back home two days ago after what experts are calling a simple hiking accident. As of now, we are told there's still no reason to believe that there was any foul play involved in this case. Stay tuned with us on Channel 6. We are the only station with full 24-hour coverage on this breaking case. You heard it first here. And you see the camera cuts over to this uh, footage of this house. And uh, it says it says uh, Deerfield, Fort Lauderdale on the caption for for um, you know where the camera crew is, and you just see this house, and you see like a woman, a woman with a young child next to her uh, standing in the doorway, and she's she's covering the child, trying to protect him, and she shuts the door, and you hear all the reporters, you hear all the reporters yelling, "Did you know them, Justin? Did you know about the group? Did you know about them?" And you just see like this this scared looking kid. And, you know, the, the mom and dad just kind of like pulling him in and trying to protect him. And you see this symbol flash on the screen when they're showing some B footage of the, of the place where the arrests were made. And something sticks out at you right away. And it sends a, a, a cold shiver down your spine. You see this footage of men with these FBI windbreaker jackets coming in and out of a house with boxes of just boxes of, of things. And when you see one of the, the shots of inside the house, you see a, a flag. And the symbol on this flag is, a, is the effigy. It's the, the symbol of the, of, the, of the thing that Manny carried inside with him that day, that day when everything began to fall apart. And you just are thinking to yourself, I know that symbol. I've seen that. That's what Manny brought to the house. No, ma quick did you see that on tv and she turns around and she she starts looking it's like it's starting to kind of like you see like the breaking news thing on the bottom of the screen like it's like and she's just like oh my god and she starts to watch and she's listening in and she just has this like horrified expression on her face and they're kind of running through like some of the details again uh we have three confirmed arrests made uh, we're not sure how many people are suspected to be part of this sort of organization. Just stay tuned. We're, we're following this case as, as, it, as it breaks. Uh, here with us right now, we have Saraswada Misra from the Mothers Against Cult Activity. Uh, she's here to talk to us about the rise of fringe religious groups. Uh, Saras, Saraswati, is that how I pronounce it? And uh, you see like this Middle Eastern woman on the TV just kind of like corrects 
the reporter into the correct pronunciation of the name, uh, is here to talk to us today about the rise of fringe religious groups. Uh, would you say that this is currently the biggest problem facing facing our nation today? You know what? Actually, uh, I really think it is, and I'm and I'm glad that you have me on here to talk about this today. Uh, the cults in America are dangerous to our young people. They seek our young people out as members and as victims. My brother was victim to cult activity, and I've organized this group to try to protect other people, to try to inform other people about the dangers of these types of groups. These groups have the power to change your mind, okay? Regular people don't understand. These people are able to brainwash you into believing whatever they want you to believe. And you see like the the news reporter is kind of just like pulling his his collar a little bit. This woman who they have on the show, it's like, she's like, you know, having like this outburst and he's kind of like embarrassed a little bit. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she starts, she's like, we have to look into the Justin Mason case. Are we really going to believe that this group, this group, which had planned child abductions had everything set up to orchestrate these child abductions and was infatuated with this young man, didn't have anything to do with his two week disappearance. Are we really supposed to just believe that this is a hiking accident? Well, I'm, you know, the, the police have said that there's no foul play involved in this case. Uh, what, what, why are we, to, and you know, there's like this arguing back and forth and Norma is just like, her jaw is just on the floor and it keeps showing different B footage and it flashes the, the symbol a few more times, you know? Yeah. I want to point that out to her there, this symbol. Do you know it? It's so familiar to me. Look, it's uh, I remember it from, um, well, the day, uh, well, two days ago when everything, you know, totally went to shit. Uh, Manny showed up at uh, Raymond's place and he had these uh, these puppets or whatever, you know, like a, a, like a voodoo thing almost. And it had the symbol on it. I'm absolutely certain. And... Well, I don't know for sure, but this uh, seems like an excellent story for, uh, well, fake activity. And she just like, she she is still looking at the screen, just horrified. And she looks over to you and she gives this, the, the fakest smile that you can kind of just like see right through. And she just goes, oh, you know what? Excuse me. I'll be right back. And she just kind of like disappears from sight and goes upstairs. And then... You're just still kind of like watching this on the TV for a second. And she's gone for like a minute. Kind of try to uh, listen in on her, maybe turn down the TV a little or. You hit the mute button and you don't Mm -hmm. hear anything from upstairs. And you're like, did she go to bed? What's happening? Yeah, I was thinking she was maybe calling someone. But you don't hear anything. I think I want to follow her. So you take you take the steps upstairs, and it has kind of like this floating staircase, very modern. And you walk up, and uh, you see in her room, the lights are on. Her bed is like a her room is like a little bit messier than like the downstairs, not in like an unreasonable way, but like the the upstairs part that's just the bedroom looks a lot more lived in. Like you see, like her bed isn't made; she has some clothes and stuff everywhere. At least she actually lives here and doesn't just sleep in the libraries. What Katrina thinks to herself. Yeah, yeah. 
it is it's very like humanizing to like see like this part of somebody's life so and you get up to the room and you're just like looking around and you don't see her but you start to hear this like muffled sobbing and it's coming from the closet mm, is the closet is the closet opened or the door's or? cracked it's not shut all mm -hmm. the way but the way that the door opens is actually like away from you so like you would just see like the v of like the hinge in the door it's like weird yeah and I it's think not I know like a mean. door closet it's kind of just like a sliding closet thing but it's like it's it's ajar uh i want to slowly approach and carefully knock on the closet door you knock on the closet door and you hear just a minute okay i'm standing outside but you hear this sobbing inside the closet. You hear this, this muffled sobbing of just like somebody crying and just like a, putting a hand over their mouth or something like that. You know, I'm here for you, Norma, right? She pushes the closet door open and you see her. She's, she's sitting down in the closet with her back against, against the wall. Her knees pulled up to her chest like this. And uh, she has like, she's hyperventilating into a bag and she's just crying hysterically. And she's like, I know, I know I've seen it. Why does seeing that bring me back? Why does it bring me back to, to something I haven't thought about in so many years? What? The symbol? What are you... Yeah. What is that? And she's just like crying. What I don't know. What does that mean? Manny was trying to figure it out. And she's just like, she just like turns and like puts her face into the corner of this closet. And it's just like crying and just like, just breathing like uncontrollably. And she's trying to center herself. She's trying to calm herself. But she's just like, it's like she's trying to escape the situation. She's just literally, literally turning into the corner and just trying to like, just like hide almost. And she's just crying and she just doesn't want to face. She doesn't want to think. If she lets me, uh, I'm going to sit down next to her. And, and there's room for you to slide into the, you know, slide into the closet too. And you just sit down next to her and she leans into you still kind of like holding her knees and like. Just like yeah. sobbing. I hold her closely, not really saying much because Katrina is kind of overwhelmed with that. And, you know. and, and she's she's crying and she's just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I saw it there. And you know, she's she's like, she can't really get the words out, but you understand that this is something from her durance. And just like being confronted with the image of it again is it's too much for her. It's a breaking, it's a breaking point. And she's just, she's just like trying to cope, but sadly in a way, like this type of thing is just all too real for you. You know, like you mm -hmm. understand like, yeah, I think it would make Katrina very distressed herself. She probably starts crying as well. Like, uh, you know, um, not really because she's, uh, scared herself right now but because it's kind of affecting her in a similar way she she understands it uh far too much like she can't dis distance herself from it it's almost like too empathetic exactly yeah you're you're feeling the the pain that she feels confronting this and trying so desperately to just escape it in her own mind but can't and it's she's just getting it out and you're just you're just there and comforting her and rubbing her back and like and whatever but she's just like releasing all this emotion just after after confronting just this 
something that was like erased from her mind, you know, like, like people, like, I feel like, you know, like she's like a survivor of something terrible and she, she created walls to protect herself. And like all changelings create these walls to protect themselves. But what was just on the news, like what they just showed to, to, like on the screen that affected her in such this critical way that like regular people could never understand. Well, people, maybe they could, if, if they have had like trauma and stuff, but like, it's just, it's just something that you are so empathetic. Like you can relate to so much because having been through it yourself. And it's like, she's just like in this total catharsis right now of just like, just crying in the closet and just like hyperventilating into the bag. And she's just like, I'm, I should, I should, you should be in charge. I, I want to step down. I don't know, Norma. I kind of want to be in your place all alone. Look, you're so much stronger than me. Just in these past, these past few days, I, I feel like I've, I feel like I've seen you grown so much and I've seen myself just shrink so small. I, I don't emanate the same. I'm scared. I'm scared and it's not, I don't, I don't represent Autumn the, the way that I should because I'm scared of that side of things. The part of me that was strong, the part of me that was a survivor that wanted to reach out to life and take those things that are scary and use them for myself and use them against the people who hurt me. I just don't think I can. I just, I don't think I have it in me, but I feel it in you. I feel the cold wind. I feel the I feel the autumn man- mantle within you. I feel it almost almost stronger than than mine ever was. I I don't. I'm not trying to lay lay something heavy on you. It's just the the more I go on, every day that I that I try to do this, that I try to get up and just just make it through another day. I, I realize that I'm I'm not fit, and I made it through last season, but this time with the seasons changing and with all this craziness, I just. I don't think I'm going to do it again next year. I think, uh, I think I'm stepping down. Okay. But right now we need to get through this mess. Okay. Okay. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I just, I just need a minute. It was just seeing that was, it's just a lot for me. It's just a lot for me. I just, understand. and she, you're like, you see her now as this, like this total scared, meek person, just, just broken under the weight of, of seeing this. And it's like, it's kind of like she laid a lot on you with that, but she also just like totally like, like deflected and just like changed the subject to just like freehold stuff. Like, I don't want to talk about like the symbol, like freehold stuff. Like I, you know, I don't think I can run anymore. I just want to. And then she's just sort of like sitting like silently and she's just like, I I've seen it before and I don't, I don't know what it is, but it, it has to do with, with my durance, it has to do with my keeper. I, I know it. I know it. I know it in my soul. It's just, it's, it's part of my scars. Do you think your keeper or someone close to him has loyalists in this town? Maybe in this scarecrow ministry that, that I heard about. She, her face is like pale as a ghost. She looks like totally haunted by this. And she's just like, I, I don't want to think there's there's any loyalist, but that symbol that symbol is is one of theirs. Look, um, I think that maybe this was just like a lot for me to process right now. 
Um, do you mind if I just lay down for a few minutes? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you just see she lays right down in the closet. She doesn't even like get out for for the bed or anything. And you you grab her some stuff from the bed, just like a blanket and a pillow or whatever. And you just kind of like put it put it to where she is and just like leave her for a second. And you're still just like this TV is still just running in the background, kind of downstairs. And you can you can like hear the voices, but you can't really. But part of you is like you feel it calling to you to like go over there and just like see if you can learn more. Well, Norma asked me to give her some space, but uh, I kind of want to check up on her later. But I guess for now, I go back into the kitchen, uh, eat my toast that I haven't touched, and you know just try to to walk it off, like um, wipe my face uh, off again from crying and. Whatnot. When you get closer to the TV, you're, you're seeing like this debate happen with this uh, woman representing Mothers Against Cult Activity and this news reporter, and they kind of seem to be having this argument over whether or not this group that was arrested in the FBI raid had anything to do with this this Justin kid who disappeared. And you see, like, this this woman from Mothers Against Cult Activity is, like, vehemently arguing that, like, this kid and this group, like, had some sort of interaction. And you see the reporters, like, but he ended up home. But they didn't even hurt him. He ended up home. He was just walking. So, like, so, and they're just, like, arguing back and forth. And it's, like, you know, one is trying to debunk the other. And it's kind of just, like, this whole mess. And it goes into like these other kind of like smaller stories on this bigger case where it's talking about just like ritual abuse in general and just like whether or not like religious groups are infiltrating our society and stuff like that. And it's going into all these different like almost conspiracy type like stuff about the occult and and fringe religious groups and conspiracy and stuff like that. And it's kind of like drifting away from what you were watching it for. But every now and then it'll show that same B footage where that symbol just flashes and it's just kind of like chilling in a way. And when it's, you see like a new, a new like shot that you didn't see the first time it had, it, it had played and you see somebody under arrest in a, in a, in a backseat of a cop car. And they're talking about how two arrests have been made. And you just kind of see this, this man in the backseat of the cop car, you see this, this fame mean just like just burning through, like even, even through the camera, like you can see that this person is clearly a changeling, like in the backseat of the cop car. And you're can just I, like Norma. Like, you know what I mean? Like part of you is just like thinking sure. like, Oh my God, she has to see this. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, and it's like, it's happening so quick. Like she needs to see it before, before they start showing something else. But let me describe what this guy looks like to you before. Yes. Um, all right. So you see like it's this small, stout man and he's balding on top and he has this like kind of longer black greasy hair that's like tied into a ponytail. But the top part like from from like the entire crown of his head is just like completely bald with some hair like in the front too like just holding on to like every bit that he still has left and he has like this almost like this gargoyle like skin in a way it's like yellow and like warded and it looks very you know like warts and like pimples and like 
just all sorts of like swollen, like grotesque features. He has these really small black glasses that are, you know, circular framed black sunglasses. And he's wearing this really sleazy black, like a black sports jacket suit with like a red dress shirt underneath and a black tie, black dress pants and like black shoes. And he has all this like really like, like gaudy, just bad jewelry, like gold chains and just like, and he has like this very like sleazy, like look about him in a way, like a way that like a human would be sleazy or like a mortal would be sleazy. He looks like a, like an imp. He looks like just like this little like devilish, like imp of a man. And there's this shot of him in handcuffs walking out to the back of the cop car. And, you know, clearly, clearly you can see he's a changeling. And uh, you think like, yeah, this is something Norma should see. Right. I yell for her again. Do you walk down the stairs like pretty slowly, but she, she like stops at the top of the stairs and you're like pointing at the TV. And then she like tries to focus her eyes and just like rushes to the TV, like really close. And she's just like looking at it and she's just like, her eyes look like wide, like astonished, you know? And she rushes to the back of the kitchen and she, she gets like a, a pad of paper and she starts, she starts just like, just like scribbling, just like, just watching the TV and trying to do like a sketch, you know? And um, she's just watching this, like with like such concentration, just like, just sketching like furiously, like before they, before they change and, and focus on something else. And then like when it's, when it's a different scene on the news, she's still just like, still just like staring intently at this piece of paper, just drawing, 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 trying to get every last bit that she has in her memory, like down onto this. And she holds it up to you and she's just like, what do you think? And it's a pretty accurate representation of what you just saw on the TV. Like of the, of the, uh, of the man. sleazy guy. Yeah, the sleazy guy. That's not bad. Do you know him from seeing him somewhere maybe? I, it's not that I know him. It's I, I feel, I feel like I, I feel deja vu or, or something like I've never felt before. He's not part of our court. That's for sure. I'll tell you that much. I don't think he's Miami either. Oh yeah. He, uh, I'm pretty sure he's courtless. I mean, look at him. He, he, he looks courtless. He looks vile. Yeah. And this, this person that like, when you looked at them, they just had this, like just this sleazy essence this predatory essence and just like in like this very like small empathetic way like you don't like see this person as like having like power or anything like that i almost like this is like totally out of character do you remember like in spawn like that weird like clown that like follows spawn around um just like that little fat guy it's almost like that it's just like this just crude like vulgar man i want to say she just just scribbles it down as fast as she can and it's like a pretty pretty good drawing and she's just like i don't know i don't know i but but seeing that i and it's it it fills her with this fire again you see she's like she's wiping her tears away and she's trying to like she's trying to like add more details to the to the picture to make it like to make it better and she's just like this like this is this is something this is something somebody knows who this is somebody knows who this is I'm going to uh, call Danny. Good call. Yes. Okay. Um, and then from there, I want to uh, I want to go back to Frank and Manny. You guys are just getting to the hospital now. Manny Manny pulls up in the in the parking lot. He stops and 
he's kind of like hardly getting out to greet Isabel in the lobby. Okay, is she there? Yeah, Isabel is still in the lobby. You just see, and like the the sliding automatic glass doors like open, and Manny just runs like he he does like kind of a power walk inside and just grabs Isabel and like pulls her into his chest and is just like hugging her. Frank will hug him both. <laughs> She'll be crying. Yeah. Hi, Isabel. And people in the hospital are looking, but they're not really. It's not that weird. I mean, it's a hospital. Probably see way weirder shit in the lobby of the hospital. And Manny's kind of just like pulling Isabel in. He's like, they're there. They're there. Don't worry. They're there. Don't worry. I know. You, you dealt with something weird tonight. I know. She's just going to be sobbing until we get into the car. Manny and, and Frank, you guys are like, you guys are walking Isabel back to the car, kind of just like helping her along. She's still very upset and distressed. Not that she needs any help walking or anything like that. Just, you know, just to, just to be like there for her. And Manny opens the backseat door for her and, and kind of like sits her inside. And then as, as you guys are all in the vehicle at once now, Manny, he starts the car and he just he turns into the back seat. Hold on, hold on. Yep. I want to request that Frank sits next to me. Okay. I'll sit in the back. She's like, no, Frank, sit here with me, please. Oh, okay. Are you okay, Izzy? No. We smashed a car with Manny today. That was fun. And Manny's just laughing in the driver's seat. And he turns back and looks at you guys, and he's like, I feel like I'm driving my kids to soccer practice right now, just trying to make light of the situation. No, no, you don't understand. There was one in my house. It was there. I saw it. It was in the mirror. It was tormenting me. What did it look like? Like this, like a witch, like like a hag. I saw it, too, back at Raymond's house. That's where I smashed the mirror. He sort of looks at the scars on his hands. Yes, in the mirror. In the mirror, it, it come to me in the mirror, and it was she was tormenting me. She was in my dreams. And you see Manny's eyes, kind of like looking at you both in the in the rearview mirror, still silent. And that copy thought I was on drugs. He was a jerk, Isabel. Just forget it. You're with us now. Look, I'm sorry I wasn't there. I'm sorry I wasn't there to help you with that. All of a sudden, uh, Manny's cell phone starts ringing, and he, you know, he's kind of like shuffling around, like trying to find where it is, but still just still just keeping his eyes on the road. And he's like shuffling around in the passenger seat. And then he picks up his cell phone and just opens the bottom like microphone part, pulls the antenna part up. Hello. And it's Norma on the other end. You just, everybody in the car, Isabel, Frank, you guys just sort of like hear this shouting on the other end and you know, it's Norma's voice, but it's like, it's indecipherable what she's saying. And he's just like, okay. (laughs) Oh, we're gonna we're gonna come down right now. Look, I have a, I have the car full. I got everybody here. Yep, Frank Frank and Isa. Look, we've all we've all dealt with some crazy shit this night. I, th- I think we need to regroup right now. Okay, I will let him know. All right. Okay, we're coming now. Just save it, save it, save it. And he he kind of like hangs up on her, and he's just like, "That was Norma. She's freaking out. Uh, apparently, that symbol we saw was just on the news." Frank, you remember the symbol? And he, he goes into his glove box and he actually pulls out like one of the one of the little wooden ones that, that he found at his house. Isabel will say, Manny, I don't something's happening. There's something happening. I don't know what's going on, but they're after us. 
You know, I saw one. I didn't believe him at first, but but Raymond saw one. There's something going on. Manny uh, hits the hits the um, turn signal and just kind of like pulls over, and he he parks the car and he's not looking back or anything yet, and his hands are just kind of on the steering wheel, and he's like gathering his thoughts for a second, and he turns around and he goes, Isabel, me and Frank saw Melissa get killed today. I don't know if it was by one of them, but it was, it was something like nothing I've ever seen. Smashed her head like, up against um, the wall, blood I feel everywhere. Like she's gonna be like, you know, disbelieving at first. Like what? No, 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 no. You must, you must have saw. Us. No, no you know. I, I shit you not, Isabel. Melissa brought us into her hollow. She said we needed to help her. Her last, you know, her last motley, motley maid or whatever, Emily. Me and Frank get there. I shit you not, she pulls out this rotting bag with I don't even know what in it. Flies start coming out. I think that used to be Emily. Well, anyway, this fucking creature comes in. Me and Frank try to fight it off. It It grabs Melissa by the head, slams her head against the wall. We get out of there as fast as we can. Some stuff happened with us in the parking lot, and then that's when you called and we grabbed you. And I didn't then, have any glamour. I couldn't fight. No, no, don't beat yourself up. That was we don't know what that is. And look, I don't I don't want to lose you guys what to anything. What is happening? I'm not really sure. That's why it's best that we're all together now. All right? This is this is how we're going to stay safe, all right? Safety in numbers. We're just going to stay together. We're going to see this through to the end. I think something is out there, and I don't know if it if it cares about us or if it just wanted these crow people, but I saw something nuts, like I've like I've never seen since since being back there. It it just grabbed her head and just smashed it against the concrete. It was just just brutal, just just blood everywhere. And you just see him, and he's kind of just like getting lost in these like grisly details, just like not looking at either of you while he discusses it. It made me feel so weird. I I still feel weird, honestly. But look, I think we need to keep our wits about ourselves. Let's go get Norma and Katrina right now. There's something something going on over there. Isabel, you can explain exactly what happened with the mirror and the cops and, and all that shit. But can we all agree that something is definitely happening? They're coming for us. They're coming for us. Well, if they're coming for us, they're not going to get us. But we know this is this is real now. Okay, you guys? So I need you guys on your A game. This is real now. All right? And you see, and he opens the glove compartment and just takes this handgun out of the glove compartment. And he almost like holds it in the air to show you guys. And it's almost like this like machismo kind of like flaunting as he like holds the pistol in front of his like face like up up like that and just kind of like shows you guys and just like puts it into his his waistband. Very dangerous. Yeah, bitch, I got a gun. Exactly, yeah. It's like little bit of this huh and yeah so he 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 takes this gun out of the uh out of the glove compartment and like shows it to you guys before like putting it in his waistband isabel's not thinking about um anything except like just uh her mind's kind of raising she's kind of she's kind of going in the like oh shit they're coming for us like this is real like everybody's coming going through this like what's going to happen are we going to be okay you know she's just kind of overwhelmed at the moment and so that, him flaunting his little gun and all that stuff, she's not even like that doesn't even register in her mind. And it seems it seems so like he in Manny's head, he's like preparing for war right now. You know, 
he's got the, all the troops in the car right now. He's he's got his gun ready and like all this stuff. And like, but you realize that like that's not going to help you. Like this is like you know what I mean. This is like a horror beyond that, and it's just like it doesn't matter. None of it fucking matters. But yeah, so and he. He, he just like looks at you guys and he gives you like a, like just like a, a firm like stare. And he's just like, all right, are we in? Isabel, I know you're scared right now, but look at me, look at me, Isabel. And he's like yelling to you. I would give my life to protect you. She just nods silently. She doesn't know what to say or do. Look at me, Isabel. I would give my life to protect you. And if I ever betrayed you or I ever was unable to protect you, then I should be cursed to have the worst death ever. Like, and he, he just starts to like make this like stupid promise. And you just like feel this, this rush of the, of the weird, just kind of, kind of like filling the air. And he's like, Isabel, I promise she gives you, this kind of you accept? Like, I promise you. She gives this kind of like half hearted as he's making this promise, you know, this kind of half hearted, uh, response. Like, no, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, like, just kind of like, like she's, She's incredibly grateful that he's saying that, but at the same time, she can, you know, she can feel that change happening, and she's also kind of afraid, you know, like, like she knows that there, that that can only be, there can only be one kind of outcome to something like that, and it's not good. Look at me, Isabel. Agree. Kind of like, and he's crying. He's starting to tear up, and he's like, Frank, you too. Agree. I promise you guys. I'll protect you with my life because I don't want to live here without you guys. And he's just like, he's crying. He's just. I'm always uh, behind you, Manny. (laughs) Yeah, I think Isabel would be kind of crying and just like silently nodding, just agreeing. But like on the inside, she's feeling like uh, like he just signed his own death warrant, you know. And he's like, he's he's just like crying, but trying to still like be tough but he's kind of just looks like a dumb baby right now he's just like agree agree just agree and you guys are just like all right now now yeah yeah no she's she's very emotional about this this is that's heavy Mm -hmm. and and he sobs for like a little bit and he just like you know and then after after he calms down he's just like all right all right guys let's get it together let's get it together and let's go for for norma and for katrina all right we're a group, you guys. Let's go. And like he's just trying to like psych himself up. And he, he hits the blinker again and he starts driving and he's just like just just ripping down the street. Oh. Hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Why have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could get the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope 
to see you there.